Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to The Confidence Show, a podcast for the big dreamers who want to create more confidence so they can live their lives on their own terms. Hosted by confidence and life coach Rebecca Hawks, that's me by the way, The Confidence Show was created to inspire you to say yes to the things that scare you, to help you feel less alone when you're struggling with your mindset and to show you that you truly can design a life you love. With a new episode landing in your feed every Monday and Thursday, be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss out. Hello and welcome back to the Confidence Show podcast. I'm delighted to say that we have another wonderful guest on with us today. Meet Han Talbot, a freelance creative project manager and host of the Remote Life podcast, a show with a mission to empower people to live their remote life dreams. Since studying abroad in Brazil and realising she could write her thesis on the beach, Han has been living the remote life on and off for the past 10 years. Welcome, love. It's so exciting to have you here. How are you doing? Hello. Welcome. Well, well, I'm saying welcome. Hi. I'm running my own podcast. I get like really confused about being a guest. So I'm like, yeah, it's my fiance. said. Okay. I'm doing good. Like I said, I find, I find August quite a quiet, scary month. So I'm just sort of like, how, I'm obviously flapping at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> it happens to us all. Don't worry. Don't worry at all. It's like that habit, isn't it? As you say, like you've got your own podcast, the Remote Life podcast. So I suppose you're used to just having guests on there and doing the introduction for them and then being like, hi. <laughs> Like you, you guys can talk. I ask the questions, and now I'm on the other side. <sighs> it's nerve-wracking, isn't it? Like I always get really nervous before I do like a podcast interview with someone, and then even as the host, because I've only just started having guests on, I'm also like, oh my god, how do you be a good host? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. We all have our different formulas, and. Uh... I know I feel like for myself I just I'm a massive nerd for like the remote life so in my mind I'm like I just want to ask all the questions and like that's partially why I do my podcast anyway so I can ask all those questions. <laughs> yeah absolutely well you can ask questions as we go through if there's anything you want to ask me it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay so in your intro um as we just mentioned you are a freelance creative project manager can you tell us a little bit about what that actually entails and how you got into it? Yeah, so um, it's whenever I, I kind of mention it, most people kind of go creative where, and on <laughs> just for really easy way for me to kind of encompass all of my communications, marketing, events, and project management experience under one umbrella. Um, but essentially. I got into it because I started a blog back when I was studying abroad um, at 21 and uh, I realised that people were creating careers out of social media 
and I was like I want to do that too um because academia was not for me let's put it that way um so I went about creating my own portfolio I went about creating Handmaid's World in 2016 um so I created a website social media presence um and all the rest of it while also building professional work experience in literally communications experience like uh, strategy um social media PR like I did kind of everything for a little while just to kind of get some general experience under my belt as you do when you first graduate and then it kind of just sort of happened to fall into a really good category of being able to then consult and provide um the advice and more of a overview of how to do campaigns in different areas so it was kind of a happy coincidence and something that I sort of created for myself when I went freelance three and a half years ago yeah so it's just sort of encompasses everything that I do professionally and it just sort of allows different people I mean different people want to call it different things from like time to time for me I've never been too bothered about titles it just is kind of an easy way to explain what I am from the off before diving into what I actually can do and all my experience does that make sense <laughs> yeah absolutely that's so interesting and I think it's so cool how you didn't really have a plan of this was what's going to happen but everything that you did all pieced together quite well and I'm sure it's so valuable for your clients that you've got more of like a holistic approach when it approach when it comes to like marketing and communications because you've done lots of different areas so you can really fit the puzzle pieces together rather than just looking at this one little area that's not going to have such a big impact yeah I mean it can be a blessing and a curse at the same time because some on one hand people will go well why don't you have just you know for example why haven't you stuck to one industry for example in your knowledge whereas for me yeah that's exactly it I'm like I have I, I know what I'm like as a person and how I think as a person I'm a big picture person so therefore strategy and big pictures work for me having a general overview of being able to of how to do things suits me as a person whereas I've never been too good at just being able to focus on just one section of a project for example I'm just I'm not too detail oriented dare I say so on that in that perspective it's it is exactly that like you said it's been able to like with with the clients I have worked with it's been really useful because then I've gone oh but like this like campaign we did this so when this there was this trend like coming up we could do this so it, I kind of it's more of a a me personality fit with not like the, I'm giving with the experience underneath versus yeah like you said having this kind of like structural experience that's very by the book and like very formulaic so it it, it does allow me to be able to give a lot more broader knowledge and experience to clients in what they want to do quite often that's so good and I'm sure it's so valuable to them as well and you also mentioned that you had started your blog Handmaid's World in 2016 and we actually met in 2016 and I just assumed that your blog had been established for years at that point I can't believe yeah. it was only then that you uh that you kind of set it up so kind of tell us a little bit about why you decided to set it up in the first place and was it the first step in you becoming a digital nomad that's wild it's been that long since we've known each other by the way that's so crazy because I bring up how like because we we met um at that open space didn't we we weren't invited to like come and check out a co-work space and I remember like saying to someone I was like no like 
I've, I've been invited and been doing these bits and pieces since that time, like when it was more towards the girl boss era. But <laughs> this has been a thing for a while. It is crazy though, because even when I think about when we met then, like I hadn't even gone remote then, like I wasn't even a digital nomad then, I was still in my nine to five and it was really when I was like setting up my business as a social media manager. So we were both probably at a very similar stage and I just assumed that you were so much further along than me. <laughs> no, I had that, so funnily enough, that was one of the first times that in full-time employment that I had it was kind of more like it was it was essentially a contract within nine five um oh my gosh what's it called yeah full-time p-a-y-e like i was still a full-time but it was more like a contract basis and i remember i had to i didn't have so many conversations because of course we were what like i was about 23 at the time or something like that so of course they're like oh my gosh we can't possibly leave her alone and stuff to like Anonymous. and I was like no guys look I've been invited to come and check out this workspace please can I go along for one day you can call me whenever you need to you can like send me messages like I'm not going to go off the grid I remember having like these real conversations like to convince them that I'm still going to do my work day within like because eventually after that as well I then had to say to them look the wi-fi in the office is not good for social media I have to then uh, go and actually use my own home wi-fi that actually really was where i started going right ha, i can get so much done when i'm left to be autonomous mm-hmm. and get you know just like uh, i remember like that was a real like pivotal moment if you will um from like being like now nah, i if i'm surrounded by the environment that helps me create then you're going to get better results as a client or you know employer so that was yeah that was really funny Mm. that's so interesting I feel like my environment has such a massive impact on how productive I am like a couple of weeks ago I was trying to I'm going through I'm like transcribing all my podcast episodes at the moment and I've got like 40 to do and I've done six at the moment and the first one I did it took me like five hours because I was sat (laughs) at home and I found I was just so uninspired and I think I was on the sofa and I was like god this is such a slog so last week I took myself to like a coffee I'd go to Tesco's because there's like a cafe up there I sat there and in three hours, two hours, I think it was, I got three transcribed and one uploaded. And I was just like, this is insane how productive I can be simply by changing my environment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's something that even like I say to people, even while I was in full-time employment, like even my first job out of university, and because I, I wrote my dissertation while I was living abroad, we were one of the like two universities that made you do a dissertation abroad and in the target language at the time. And I was like, well, you know you've got to really really properly think about your environment here and like is your wi-fi good do you have the books you need whatever it is and so I'd already been trained to kind of think about how I want to work and I remember when I went into my first job as well I was like I'm, I'm literally my off my my desk face faces into a two corners that's not inspiring <laughs> like, what and of course, when you've got people coming in all the time going, oh, can I borrow you for a minute? Can I borrow you for a minute? And then they go, oh, why isn't that paper done? Why isn't that like email done? You're like, because I keep being bothered every few minutes. So I remember, yeah, especially when we went to that workspace, although of course it was really exciting to obviously meet you girls, for example. I remember it, because it was set up in a way that was sort of more open, more creative. Um, I can't remember what the space was called at the time. Is it even open anymore? It was in um, oh. Hackney Wick, wasn't it? But um, uh, and, and that, that was in. The, do you know what's really funny? Actually, side note, that was in the FT, and 
my the back of my head is in a piece of press for that workspace <laughs> <laughs> so weird yeah I was still going back to your point sorry um no I think it it really does matter it really does matter about like uh, being able to provide an environment and being able to trust that as workers as employees we know what kind of setup works best for us some some people it's noise some people it's quiet some people it's being around all the loads of people some people it's really not so it's yeah do you need headphones in I remember there was one workplace I worked in that was like no headphones and I was like uh what <laughs> it's, like, it's like being in school again <laughs> oh my god I need headphones so, like, I have to put yeah. my headphones in music on really loud and that's what like helps me tune out like that's what gets me really in the flow of what I'm doing I have to have the music really loud <laughs> so I can't hear anything else and I, like that's that's how I work best same I need to I have so many thoughts going around in my head all the time because I'm a person who loves ideas and solutions and things. So I'm like, like, I need to have even just kind of like a, I even have loads of playlists on YouTube that's like cafe background noise mm. that I will sit and listen to while I'm at, at home or like B&B solely because again, it's just white noise that you can kind of, like you said, funnel your focus into. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Okay, so going back to your blog, Hand Meets World, that was that kind of your first step into becoming a digital nomad? Like, was that the entry point? I know you spoke about the different jobs and the different roles that you had, and that kind of created this idea that actually you could work remotely. But in terms of creating your own thing to go remote with, was your blog the starting point? I think the the big realization that I could work where I wanted to it, 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 I, there's so many points that I can pinpoint it back to you I could I could put it back as far as being 13 and sitting outside learning Spanish during the school holidays with my teacher uh, that's how far I could go back and say no that's where I used to learn and be most productive was in a fun exciting environment because then I go back into school in September and be like oh these four brick walls <laughs> but I think then of course like being a student I was then like well, I can write my thesis and be on the beach and see more of the world. Then Hand Meets World, really, because I wrote a blog for that back then, and then I, was, I kind of didn't know where to go during my final year of university because, again, I was like, I'm not really a fashion person, I'm not really a travel person because I'm still here. So I did bits and pieces. But then Hand Meets World kind of really came about because I was like, I feel like as graduates, we were being for, well, in my university, it felt like we were kind of being funneled into corporate roles. And I actually got scouted by a couple like big companies, but it just didn't appeal to me. I was like, okay, I feel like I should be impressed because of the name, but it's not, there's something not drawing me in. And so from there, I was like, right, I know that I want to work in social media, which back then, believe it or not, like for anyone who's listening, was just not as big a deal. The only social media roles that you could really get were in London and big cities, I found. So again, I was like, okay, how do I go from, I, I know that I don't want to go into a graduate scheme. So therefore, how do I bridge this gap to where I want to be? And I found that the Handmaid's World just gave me this platform to really talk about how I did things differently to talk about we don't have to do this one thing that we're being told that we have to do because yeah but the language, I had a languages degree and people were going do you want to be a teacher do you want to be a tour guide do you want to be a, a translator and I was going nope 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 
what the heck now? And what Hand Me did was just lay, able me to build my blog writing skills for one thing. My first post was atrocious, but it allowed me to hone my writing skills. It allowed me to showcase that I can build a brand from scratch. It allowed me to do all these different bits and pieces that then accumulated into a social media following, everything that kind of employees were starting to look for. And it gave me more of like a, rather than having like a, oh, my grades were good. I've got this like bit of experience. I've got this bit of experience. And now I'm going to go to the next level. It provided me more of a portfolio to then be able to go to employers and go, look, I'm a self-starter. I'm proactive. Here's what I can do. Like, let me help you. So, yeah. And then now it's become a bit more into remote life, where to work and all the rest of it. But yeah, what it definitely provided me in the early days was more of a portfolio to be able to showcase my skills. And that's such a valuable resource to have, especially when you've got lots of other people trying to fight for the same role. You've got not only the grades and the experience in terms of doing the degree or, or like doing the other little jobs that you had. You've also got the portfolio to say, well, actually, I've done all this myself. So if I can do all this for myself, can you imagine what I can do for you? It, it was literally that, which as a graduate, again, even like five years ago, people were going, wow, OK, yeah, we want her. Yeah, amazing. Absolutely amazing. So when did you commit to moving into the remote way of living completely like full-time and how did you kind of prepare yourself for it so I like to kind of say that um I've been on off remote honestly for about 10 years because again it sort of all started when I did a study abroad in Brazil Mm -hmm. so already a bit of experience there um and then of course yeah as I mentioned before I did bits and pieces of remote working anyway because I was starting to see this trend it's really funny actually some of the influences I've worked with since I was putting them in like research papers and things for people like you know back in 2015 and whatnot um but I think for me the pandemic was honestly where it really allowed me to go right Mm. I'm gonna work from here I mean it kind of yeah it sounds like a bit kind of like everyone's a lot of people have done that now but I think up until that point I was more than happy to do even like half in Surrey half in London whereas the pandemic kind of gave me the opportunity to really look at okay what are my priorities what do I want from my clients as much as you know what can I give um and yeah of, of course we were all trying to figure out how to work well most most of us were trying to figure out how to work remote fully anyway so it's just a really good opportunity to just keep putting it out there um and then yeah I've been at full-time traveling since October last year um and how do I repair for that one um again I feel like I can't properly answer that question because you know we spent a year before the study abroad year thinking about like risks and how to look for accommodation so in my mind like I've been mentally prepared for that kind of stuff already but I think from my perspective the best ways I would probably like maybe say top three ways I would consider preparing for it would be thinking about why you want to go remote for one thing because a lot of people go oh I wish I could also be on the beach it's like yeah like don't get me wrong the beach is great but I go to the beach in the evening or on the weekend I don't sit there five days a week in my bikini on my laptop like because I can't guarantee wi-fi so I think think about why it is you want to go remote like is it because you work best that way is it because you want to see more of the world is it because for whatever it may be um there's a rise in digital nomad families at the moment is because because you want to spend more time with your family do you want to cut out your commute whatever it happens to be i would then look at 
where like the wi-fi situation and also like well yeah do you want to be in an airbnb do you want to uh, live in a hostel do you want to live in co-living like what is it you want to be surrounded by um and then uh, yeah I guess it's kind of just thinking about what can you live without what can you live with do you want to just take hand luggage do you just want to take a backpack for me I was a hand luggage person like for probably between my study abroad back in 2014 up until last year I could go with hand luggage easily but now I'm like I, I need certain things I like having wardrobe choices I'd like having uh, extra pairs of shoes thanks very much so I do have 23 kilos of luggage on a you know roller suitcase that I do take around with me so what kind of I'd say that those are sort of things to think about I think it's really good to have that kind of vision for how you want it to be as well because your vision can change and it may be that you decide to go away for the first time and then you're like oh actually I don't want to live in a hostel or I don't want to co-live or maybe you live in an apartment and you're like oh this is a bit lonely maybe I do want to co-live so your vision can change but having an initial idea of what you actually want it to look like can help you make those smaller plans and it can kind of help you feel a little bit more confident to actually do the do the remote thing do the traveling as well I feel like what did you say a second ago and I was like oh, I feel like we did the opposite oh how you say like you don't go to the beach during the day like that's what you do in the evenings I feel like we are the complete opposite because I, I don't like getting up in the morning I am most productive at the moment like my current productivity levels are between like 9 p.m and midnight so I, <laughs> I spend a lot of my day doing whatever I feel like really I'll have a few hours like between like 10 and 1 I'm pretty productive and then I'll take most afternoons off because I just don't have the creativity in that time and especially at the moment it's so hot I just feel exhausted I'm like I can't do anything now so my my like hours are like pretty like 9 till midnight at the moment sometimes even later and I really enjoy that quiet time and that that works for me I'm the same. I've always kind of had this, even in full-time employment, I've always had a, what I call my brain dead time, you know, like kind of where like, uh, like the lights go out or like the Wi-Fi drops kind of vibes. I have this sort of dead zone where like between, I'd say about one o'clock to three slash four in the afternoon. That might, it's the siesta period, right? It's like yeah. the siesta period. <laughs> it's a, a bit, yeah, I'm exactly the same. Like I will either make myself do tasks that are, mundane I can stick a film on and just sort of like do stuff in the background or yeah I'm like you I will go take a walk but I think I meant it more in like the perspective of <clears throat> you know you don't sit in your bikini all day like pretending that you're doing work when actually you're ordering mimosas and like having a jolly so <laughs> it's more in that perspective. <laughs> absolutely absolutely hold up what was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So where was the like first place that you spent an extended period of time living? Because I know you said you've been like traveling since October. So has that been lots of different places or did you settle in one place for a little while? I didn't intend to do it the way I've done it up until this point, funnily enough. I think it was just, well, so originally the plan was I did, um, I kind of traveled slowly, but not slowly through Spain and then Portugal, and then came back home for Christmas. But again, I was like, that was literally two weeks max in like Porto, Madrid. But then I did like a week in Valencia, a week in Parma, uh, in Mallorca. And then, um, yeah, then I, I actually did spend some extended time in Croatia via Slovenia, because that was the only place that you could get a direct flight to at the time, because we were still in quite a few COVID uh, restrictions. Um, so I got the train over from Ljubljana to Zagreb, spent six weeks in Split, and then did Dubrovnik. Oh no, sorry, it was Zagreb, Split, Dubrovnik. And then I did another five weeks in Mexico City because I went and visited a friend. And that was those two were probably the longest I'd spent into uh, places abroad since I left. The original plan was to spend a bit more of slower time getting to know places. So that's my plan now for a little bit because it was getting a bit nuts at one point. I came back from Mexico City uh, to the UK to pick up a phone because mine had been stolen in Mexico City. Then I did Dubrovnik for a week, uh, Kansas City for a week, Montreal for a week and came back to the UK again. And that just honestly wrecked me. That was just too much for my body. But that was for events that I'd been invited to. So, well, at the moment, not planning on doing that again. But yeah. <laughs> it is exhausting. Like actually traveling, traveling really takes it out of you. And especially like they're quite big flights. Like they're very long haul, aren't they? Going from like Croatia to Canada and to um, Mexico City and then to London, like back to the UK. Like it's, they're big flights and it does take a toll on your body. So I can't, I'm not surprised you were exhausted. <laughs> Do you know what? It got the fast travel thing out my system which was helpful I still got some eco-anxiety around it but it kind of it's made me kind of go right no like let's be sensible now 
And so I am going to do a couple of smaller trips in September. But then the plan, I have had some friends that are going like, come to Bali, come to Bali. And I'm like, I want to go to Bali, but then that's another crazy ass couple flights so no i think i'm going to just try and be really sensible and stick it out and do maybe two more european countries after september for like a month each or something like that until christmas again it it takes some practice it i i feel like i you know people are, oh you know what you're doing i'm like no i'm just sort of playing it like as it goes especially when i'm building my podcast as well but i think you do kind of have to give yourself a bit of wiggle room um, and just to sort of figure out what it is you want because again like we talked about before you can have a plan to do one thing and then that completely can be flipped on its head absolutely it's nice to have that little flow like I have always whenever I've traveled I've always done extended period of times like I moved to Thailand for a year I was in Australia for nearly two I was in Honduras for 18 months like my trips have always been like longer trips and they work really well for me because I like to immerse myself in the in the kind of culture of things but now I'm older I actually prefer the shorter trips because I've also my niece was born nearly a year ago now so I'm like I want to be a part of her life like I feel like there's more for me to stay in the UK for longer term and I don't necessarily want to stay here forever like I still want to do the big trips I want to move to Bali but I feel like a trip to Bali would be like three months or like I don't know I don't I don't want to do that for like a couple of weeks but I really want to enjoy like much smaller trips like a couple of weeks here a couple of weeks there and it's it just feels feels nice at this time yeah definitely especially with obviously the new Bali visa coming in I'm like okay I'd rather rather than do a crazy like quick trip over even for a month like a month in my head to go to Bali from the UK is a lot in my head now like as much as you know that the effort that it's got to take so there's a lot more to think about and a lot more resources available as a digital nomad now as well so I think especially from my perspective I feel like I'm, I'm always that person that's like oh my god I've got to do it now or never and it's like no hang on like but let's let's think about this properly like you've still got lots of life like you know knock on wood yeah. you've still got life like let's pace ourselves a bit here yeah absolutely absolutely so what often when we uh, we kind of touched on this a moment ago but when we think about digital nomads we have this like vision of people like living on a beach sipping cocktails all day and like millions coming into our bank account but this really isn't the reality for pretty much all of us <laughs> so can you talk a bit more about the kind of mindset that you need to have to successfully live and work remotely <sighs> yeah so I think understand if you want to go live the life of a of an influencer as it were let's let's put it out there now if you want to go live that like like lifestyle that we've seen on instagram constantly for years go try it out for a week see how you fare or if you want to do it go do it for a week and like you know on holiday somewhere and like you do you and like no judgment here but i'm also judging <laughs> at the end of the it, you know we all it's each to our own at the end of the day like I think is a big part of it so from my perspective again it kind of came back to what is it that I want to do like what does being remote provide me and that was a mix of um again I work best when I'm able to work from an environment that works best for me that's not that I want to sit in my pajamas at home all day again been there done that like do it still but I like to switch up my environment because that's how I produce my best results for my clients for one thing I like being in control of my schedule. Going to an office five days a week, it was just not for me. And, I, and again, I don't produce results that way. So that was a big thing for me. It was understanding what my best, 
I can do it. For, I can do it from a cafe in London. I can do it from a cafe in Bali. Right? It doesn't matter where. I think understanding that you've got to have a certain discipline, which I'm really thankful I've got to practice while still in full time um, employment. Sure, it still took then an extra like kind of something. I don't know how you would explain it yourself having gone freelance, but I feel like when you're freelance, you have to find an extra like bottle of resilience and gumption to then find work, know that you can find the work and keep going when all seems lost. It's just a whole other mindset that you're just not used to using, I think, in a society like ours. Yeah, even down to, I remember doing my first tax return. I was like, oh my God. Because now I'm a dog. I love doing my tax return. I'm like, yay me and my money. Like, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, like doing it now. But again, it's being so much more in control, which sounds great in theory, but then it's understanding that that's very much your responsibility. I think whether that's going freelance, going remote, whatever it is, understanding that it is all on your head if you don't get these things done so I think that's it's just this kind of extra level of responsibility and accountability I think that you kind of have to get to grips with yourself it's scary but it's it's super exciting I love it it's still the best decision I ever made even like you know we went to into the first lockdown and I was going oh my god I'm not gonna get the grants for like a year from the government I've got to work my ass off it was still the best decision I've ever made because again, it meant that I could go pick out the contracts I wanted, even in lockdown. It was still, it was just, yeah, again, that extra level of freedom that makes me feel alive. For me, it makes me feel alive. So I guess it's, it's all these kind of different things that are just different mindset to when you are, when I was in full-time employment and it's just deciding whether that's something that's for you. It's so doable. It's so doable for anybody providing that they are willing to put in the work and understanding that it's it's just going to take that little bit extra just take that little bit extra but the results are amazing it's so good it's so good as you say like having that freedom and that sense of fulfillment I do feel like resilience is huge I, like I don't think I've ever been so resilient in my life because you do have to pick yourself up over and over again it is exhausting you got, do go through tough periods and as we spoke about kind of before we we started recording the podcast like August is typically a slow month so you get back to August and things are slower and you're like oh my god does this mean that my life's over and I've got to go back to a nine-to-five and you have to be like no this happens every year like it's fine <laughs> and really pick yourself up but one thing that you said that I really want to reinforce was this idea that anyone can do it like it is possible like we are normal people we decided that this was the life for us and we've embraced it and we've made it work for us and it hasn't always been easy it is a bit of a slog sometimes you do have to be really disciplined at times and you do have to pick yourself back up again time and time again but it is possible whoever you are you can make it happen yeah and you know that like it's not necessarily a healthy mindset for me but I know that there are bit it's the difference for me also being self-employed and being remote is that I've kind of had to say like there's no there's no person kind of at the end of like some you know the phone or at the end of or whatever it is on a desk opposite you going oh no just go home it's fine we'll sort it out in the morning sometimes you really just have to go yourself no it gets done now and I have been working longer hours than I maybe should have done to get something done but it's just this kind of extra level of like I really want to push myself to make like this a really good thing and no one's going to get it done but me but then yeah I, again some of my favorite results have come from being freelance and being remote and then when you see it you're like it, it made all that extra effort worth it so yeah 
it's 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 magical it's it's scary but it's great it's so nice to be able to look back on what you've done and be like proud of the stuff that you've produced and I know Mm. myself when I've had that freedom and when I'm feeling at my best and I'm allowing myself to let the creativity flow I always produce really good stuff that I look at and I'm like I'm so pleased that that's me whereas when I maybe try and force things or when I fall into like the trap of kind of performing the way that I'm told I should so like trying to structure my day I know we had a conversation last week about how what's your work structure look like and I was like well <laughs> I don't really have one but the time yeah. where I've tried to force myself into a structure I'm not so productive and I don't produce my best work so I've really learned to kind of embrace who I am my creativity and just do things my own way and then I can be proud of what I'm doing absolutely couldn't have said it better so kind of carrying on from that as well like living in lots of different places as well especially with the traveling that you've been doing since October it must be hard to motivate yourself to work and not spend all day every day exploring so when you move around so much and when you land in a new country how do you like actually stay focused and how do you make yourself be productive if you kind of look out the window and you're like all I want to do is go and look at this new place I mean, it depends on the client sometimes as well. Um, so sometimes they'll say, okay, well, they'll ask me to set my structure. So for example, I've got a travel day that I work with clients on different days or whatever. So I maybe like book a train on like the Monday and then they'll work, we'll work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever it is. So I always make sure I kind of structure it so it doesn't interrupt my work with them. Um, but on in terms of day-to-day, I think it's just knowing what gets you up in the morning I think it's knowing what it is you want to setting out your intentions for the trip you're doing as well that was something I did for every trip for example Mexico City originally I was going to go for four weeks but then the flights happened to be five weeks and I'm so um, as in cheaper to go for, for five weeks so for me that was actually really good because I knew that I wanted to go to Mexico City stay based in Mexico City and see as much as possible across those five weeks and everyone was going oh my god you've got to go to Oaxaca you've got to go to Puerto Escondido you've got to go to like all these different places and I was like no I was getting panicky being told to go outside the city because it's huge like and I just I wanted to like you mentioned before I wanted to immerse myself in the city and get to know the city so knowing that that was a big part of it allowed me to then relax into it and I was like okay today I'm going to go check out this cafe and do two hours here then I'm going to go or I'm going to stay at home today so I can get this done or I'm going to go to a co-work space uh, and spend more time across the day just immersing myself in that so I think before you go having an idea of what it is that you want to see plan it and because I, I planned all my like day trips and stuff so if it was I wanted to do a hot air balloon over pyramids then I made sure that was set on a particular day didn't go like obviously when I was supposed to be working it takes discipline again I it sounds so simple but it's the discipline I guess whereas you know I knew I was going to uh back in May I knew I was going to Dubrovnik, Kansas City and Montreal for events so therefore I actually didn't work for those three weeks because I was like I just need to focus on networking being present and like actually being here so takes a lot of knowing what it is you're going for I mean if you're looking for like you know three months and just to chill then like great you know what you're doing and you probably set up a routine that works best for yourself it's just understanding like going back to what we were talking about before I guess about understanding how you work best setting out uh clear boundaries with your clients and I think 
yeah just knowing what's going to get you up is it i want to go to a place where they make great flat whites i know i do like a place that's got great wi-fi like i want to make sure that i book space in a co-work space because then i can be in a kind of office setup while still around other people it's just understanding what your intentions are and being really strict with yourself because again you've got to make coin to keep traveling so <laughs> how else are you going to do it and yeah i suppose it's also about uh knowing your practices and think doing mindset practices for yourself so for me i do like 10 minutes of journaling every day i do meditation just checking in myself i work with accountability partners and have done for two years um so it's just knowing what practices you need to put in place as well to keep yourself on track I love that. I love the idea of the setting the the intentions before you go somewhere. And I suppose as well, like part of the travel experience is things like going and working in different cafes, like eating different food, going to the co-working places. Like I'm much more of a traveler that enjoys doing those types of things than saying like, oh, I'm going to go to all the museums or do all this kind of stuff. Like I like to be where the local people are I guess um and one thing that I also like that you touched on was having your mindset activities so like the journaling and the meditation that's something we talk quite a lot about on the confidence show so in terms of journaling do you just sit and write like a stream of consciousness consciousness do you do a gratitude list like what's your kind of journaling style like so I've mentioned this a lot on my podcast um and it comes up quite a bit I read the artist way a year and a half ago um funny enough was an exercise I did with my accountability partner at the time and that has a whole section in there like spoilers um that gets you to write three pages every morning of just stream of consciousness and that I found really helpful doing while I still read the book but then I came to a point where I was like I can write a page of A4 and I feel like I've said what I need to say for the day. It's got the rubbish thoughts out of my head. It's got, uh, or, or you know, I'll have like a page of you're doing great hand and like, da, 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 like ideas, da, 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 whatever it is you need to say to yourself before you start the day. So I kind of think of it like that. It's sort of, you know, well, whereas now I've actually got a journal, which I'm looking around and I haven't got to hand, but um, it's um, oh, notes of change. Uh, journal by Chelsea Kawaii who's um, an Instagrammer and this little book has been so helpful it's with the journal sorry so it has little questions in it it's just two sides of A4 A5 sorry every day and it's um, how are you feeling today Uh, what are you celebrating today what are you noticing today and then you have another side of A5 that's blank just to write whatever extra you want to and even that is just enough for me now to go okay I've checked in the questions this is also what's on my mind and da, 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 da. and then at the end of it I always put let's go I've got this and I close the book I think it really depends on what it is you're trying to get from it but for me it's normally just clearing chaff in my head <laughs> for the day <laughs> I love that and I love the sound of that journal we'll have to link that in the show notes because that sounds like a great resource I'm gonna go and have a little look afterwards as well <laughs> oh I annoyed I've normally got it right next to me but I've put it somewhere I was just doing content so I've put it somewhere sorry (laughs) (laughs) no that sounds that sounds so good and I do agree with that getting all that stuff out of your mind so that you can kind of start a day fresh do you ever find it hard to be consistent with those practices when you're like moving around or do you ever think like do you ever wake up in the morning and think oh god I've got to get straight on with client work and kind of 
let your self-care or your mindset stuff go I'm human so it happens but I've got to a really good place with it where I notice the difference because also one, one thing that that the artist probably takes you through at some point I think I'm sure it's the artist that does this is it takes you through okay what are some of the practices and things in your life that you can't do without to start your day and for me that first cup of coffee in the morning is just my favorite I'm not a like well I used to be four six cups person a day which is not healthy but my one coffee in the morning is just the perfect thing to set me off in the day I don't know what it is but I love it so what I'll do is I'll have my one coffee in the morning and I'll sit and do that journal and just doing that having that kind of mindful practice for literally 10 minutes sets me off so much better and I notice the difference in how I then go about my day from when I don't do it so it's almost kind of become a should I I should do this like I have to do this in order to set myself up right for the day but it took some practice to get there don't get me wrong yeah absolutely it's like that non-negotiable to really help you feel successful and to to be more creative and I think that's such a fabulous way to start your day and whenever anyone talks about kind of what they do in their morning routine I'm like I want to structure my morning routine like that as well (laughs) and I definitely don't think I'm someone who has great structure I just know that there are I've kind of come to a place with I suppose also traveling you kind of have to learn to be way more flexible and I was already quite a flexible person anyway but I've had to learn to be even more flexible but there are just I guess what so I'm, I probably didn't explain that very well but I think there are just some practices in the day that we all do that are just kind of non-negotiable that's it non-negotiable there's some non-negotiables in your life and that for me is that first cup of coffee when I wake up and 10 minutes of journaling now because of the difference it makes it took practice to get there because before like, I've, I've in the past I've done it where I'm like non-negotiable for me is going to a yoga class before going to work well I can't really do that like when I'm on the move so non-negotiable now is having that cup of coffee and journaling before I start the day and tackle emails and all the rest of it I think that's great I think it's good to kind of again like be flexible with the practices that you have and know that they are open to change but also still committing as you say like even 10 minutes a day just for yourself and if that does change then that's fine but just giving yourself that's that great start so that you can achieve the best results for yourself absolutely and for absolutely. your clients obviously <laughs> i have to remember those <laughs> join us for part two where we discuss the damage the nine-to-five corporate mentality does to people how to overcome feelings of loneliness when you work remotely and dating as a digital nomad. Thanks for listening to The Confidence Show with me, Rebecca Hawkes. If you enjoyed this episode, please take 30 seconds to leave me a five-star review on iTunes. This will help the podcast reach more people, which means we can help more people increase their confidence and love themselves for who they are. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode and I will see you next time. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.